Welcome to this MOOC podcast by the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals from Bangor University. Hello, I'm Paul Brocklehurst and this is the podcast for the Gerodontology MOOC. In this podcast, we're going to be discussing all about Gwen and Beth, which means in English, a lasting smile. So, Carolyn, we talked in the last two podcasts quite a bit about the project itself. Um, in this third and final podcast um, about Gwen and Beth, I wanted us to sort of focus a bit more around uh, the dental care professional input into the programme and um, how someone like yourself has arrived in, in the position that uh, you are now. So tell me about, about your journey. Then I'd also like to ask the same question to Ros as well. It's been quite a long journey. Um, I, I initially worked as a dental nurse in uh, went on the training dental nurse course in Cardiff Dental School and I admit I didn't even know what a dental nurse did. I was only aware of the school dentist but I got on the course, loved it and was fortunate enough to continue working there for about six years and then I saw the dental hygienist and thought I could do that and I applied was very fortunate to have got on the course and qualified in 1994 so my journey as since I've been a dental hygienist has been very varied I wish there was 10 days in a week because I, I like any new job that comes up I, I, I apply for um, I just think a new it's always worth having a new challenge I think it keeps you motivated and passionate and I think when you lose that passion that's the time to not um, do the job I'm not saying my my journey has been um, um, a smooth road um, I when I initially qualified I I went into private practice and I'd never worked in a general practice before and thought oh my gosh, what have you done? Um, but I'd worked really hard and I persevered. And with the support of my colleagues um, who were newly qualified as well, we, um, you know, I, I remained in the practice and then worked my way into the dental hospital. I did my teaching certificate, my further education teaching certificate that took two nights a week over a three-year period. And I was fortunate enough then to get a, a teaching role within the dental hospital. And has that been pivotal? I mean, I'm just yes. thinking for, for, for DCPs, out there, dental nurses, um, hygienists, hygiene therapists. So advice to them in terms of making a step up to do something I think like that, the role that you're doing, how would what would your advice be? I think that was for me, I, I really um, found that I really enjoyed teaching and also learning as well. I've, I've always continued um, learning. Um, but I think for any um, dental um, care professional that really wanted to go into another role is to look at what courses would benefit you in that role. Um, special care dent- dentistry, um, the oral health promotion um, course as well. Um, that really be- would benefit a DCP in a role like this. Uh, but I think really is looking at what, what's available to... Great. Roz, you've had also quite a, um, an interesting sort of journey. So let, let, tell me about yours. Yes, and I hate to admit it, Paul, but my journey's probably been longer than Carolyn's because <laughs> she's considerably <laughs> younger than me. Um, but yes, like Carolyn, I, I started off um, actually working in general dental um, practice as a dental nurse. Uh, and then having qualified in the GD, uh, GDS, uh, I then got an appointment as a dental nurse working in the community dental service and was really quite sort of passionate about vulnerable you know, children and adults. 
Uh, and then I went on and did this certificate in oral health promotion. And that kept me quite satisfied for a period of time where I was developing uh, improvement programs specifically aimed, you know, for children and young people. Uh, and then I was very, very fortunate to be supported um, in my work to go on to complete a master's degree in public health. And I can only speak for myself, but that perhaps was the most pivotal point in my journey um, because my learning was just absolutely accelerated. Um, and it was exceptionally hard work holding down a full time job, two young children. But I can honestly say it's the best thing I ever done and was really the, the turning point in my career. Um, and then the latter years in the community dental service, I ended up as being um, operational service improvement manager for the community dental service. Um, however, my learning didn't really finish there because I've always been uh, keen on improvement and improvement services. So I went on and I studied for the Improving Quality Together, which is the National Health Service methodology across Wales. Uh, and then I was fortunate to get uh, employment within Public Health Wales on a full-time basis. And so I'm now heading up the National Care Home Improvement Programme. And I've been really fortunate in doing a leadership programme in Scotland um, and also in Boston on quality improvement. So, you know, my journey has been slightly different from Carolyn's, whereas Carolyn has gone down, particularly in the early days, you know, more of a clinical route. Uh, mine hasn't. Um, but it's just been really phenomenal. And I think that in my, certainly when I first came into dentistry, there wasn't the career opportunities that there are now for dental nurses. And I would just encourage any dental nurses to grab those opportunities with two hands mm. um, because it really is a worthwhile career. I'm just thinking um, about the distribution of dental nurses, obviously across the GDS and the CD CDS. So thinking about ongoing contract reform process and, and all of that and innovation, um, how what, what what advice would you give to those DCPs working in a, in the GDS um, in terms of taking taking forwards their sort of skill skill set? Because I guess it's it's with the contract reform process, it's as relevant within the GDS as it is now potentially in the, is in the CDS, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think there are just as many opportunities for those nurses working in the GDS. And I think I would, again, reiterate, and perhaps what Carolyn said, is looking at doing those extended competencies, looking at grasping the, you know, all the courses that are available through Health Education Improvement Wales and the Dental Deanery. Um, and then really getting in touch with community dental services to see if they can be part of, Vicky's mentioned earlier, but the All Wales um, Special Interest Group. Uh, I, in 2017, I think it was, was um, the chairperson of the British Society of Gerodontology, was the first DCP to ever hold that post. Um, and wow, let's just have more DCPs taking up that post. Yeah. Carolyn. And I've just become, um, um, you know, a committee member of BSG, um, which we're, I'm going to be voted on hopefully in <laughs> December. So, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it, there's lots of us societies and, and you can all become members of. And I think that that is, again, what Ros said, is it's just grasping every opportunity. So one of the things that's obviously quite interesting about this, we've got these existing sort of national programmes, etc., um, and we've got a contract reform process which is pushing on innovation, etc. So, so how do we ensure great integration across those 
those two areas, do you think? I actually think that uh, we need to be working, the community dental services, the general dental services, working with our primary care colleagues as well, in order for us to be able to look at the bigger picture yeah. Because um, I know that um, the, the, the general dental services are really crying out to be able to do something more innovative and would really like to expand what they're doing. And I've come across many general dental practitioners who want to do that and also their teams. Yeah. And so therefore, I think this is the ideal opportunity for us to have um, shared, shared, shared objectives and for us to be working together in team clusters or whatever across Wales that includes our dental care professionals so that we're able to look at what is important for the population in that area and then we're talking older people older people and so therefore we're able to understand what's going on in those areas in terms of projects and how we can all be linking together and supporting one another to move that forward i think that's the way we should be going lisa um just to uh come back again to the uh dental nurses particularly working in general dental practice uh their role is absolutely crucial. Uh, I was talking to a general dental practitioner the other day who had been uh, trying to improve the oral hygiene of one of her patients for years and getting nowhere. And her dental nurse had been on a a course uh, making prevention work in practice. And so she's taken on the um, oral health promotion and education. And this patient's oral hygiene has improved out of all recognition. Uh, And the reason is that the dentist asked the patient and he said, because your nurse told me in a way that I understood. (laughs) She's a good communicator. So wherever your passions and interest and path take you, you can contribute hugely. It doesn't have to be on the big national stage. Yes, It's in your practice as well. But it's it's that sort of key focus on some of those softer skills, isn't it? Which where, I mean, what you were talking about in the previous podcast as well, I think about Carolina Ross here in terms of, you know, the ability to influence change in a really difficult environment. I mean, a care home environment is probably one of the most challenging environments, and yet you've been able to actually initiate change and get that um, then uh, passed on from care home worker to care home worker. That doesn't happen by just coldly implementing an intervention. That That's a lot of soft skills in terms of communication, encouragement, checking, um, and demonstrating, tell, show, do, that type of thing. So that, that's really important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, as as we've said before, Paul, it's not about doing to, it's about doing with. And I think, yes. you know, DCPs and dental nurses, you know, that's a skill that they do possess. Yes. Um, because we tend to not look at things through the eyes of a, of a clinician. Yeah. We tend to look outside of the box. Yes. Um, and we get that clear engagement, you know, right from the very beginning. We get that buy-in from the care home staff. Karen. I think it's really important to remember as well that we have been invited into um, a, a, a resident's home by, you know, if it, by the care home manager. And I think it really is important, as you said, the communication skills are really important and we can't go in heavy handed with, with any of the interventions. And I think it's really important to know that we work with the care home. 
Brilliant. Okay. Um, having spoken to a number of our uh, dental nurses within within my area, they would be really, really um, beneficial to them. This is what they've said: is to have communication modules, special care dentistry, a gerodontology module, um, a motivational interviewing type module. I know that many of ours have gone through MEC training, etc. MEC is making every contact count. So I think that the, the opportunity is right. We've got some, quite a number of them that want to do fluoride varnish. Training training, as well as the oral health promotion side of things. And so um, I think this is the ideal opportunity for us to be able to work together to, to make that possible for dental nurses. Lisa? Um, I was meeting a, a colleague from the General Dental Council recently, and I know that they are reviewing the scope of practice. So I would say to all colleagues listening to this who are on the GDC, keep an eye out for that. I, I suspect they might consult on it. So that's your chance to, to have a say about the scope of practice and, and uh, those additional skills as well that DCPs can uh, achieve. Because I guess, you know, history and contract um, um, payment process, etc., have kept us in a particular configuration and a particular set of boxes. And there's opportunities now to really sort of step outside of those, isn't there? Um, particularly, I mean, we know this across the UK, a number of ongoing contract reform processes, but particularly thinking about this in Wales, there's opportunities here, greater integration across CDS and GDS, and um, and then greater innovation within um, both of those sort of services. So first steps in terms of, of people thinking about doing something like this would be what do you think? Because you've all come at this from a very different perspectives. Where would you? Where would you sort of say? Okay, the first thing to do is I, I would. I would look at this. I would give advice to look at all the um, literature, to have a look at the Welsh Health Circular. I'm always on the internet. I'm always googling. Uh, papers and I mean that's just just you know maybe me but I, I really just want to find out what's what's there what's new um, any course that's how I've ended up going on all the courses just looking through our internet as well because we're fortunate to have that within the health board but I think it's really just to, to find out what what is out there um, and what courses are available available um, in Wales, I'd certainly advise all um, dental registrants to register with, it's called Max Course on the Healthcare Education Improvement Wales website. Uh, and you'll hear about a lot of courses. They're running a terrific amount of verifiable CPD. Uh, so that's worth doing. Uh, and the other thing I would do, I think Carolyn's been very modest, is make contact yeah. with your local Gwen Ambeth lead. Yeah. Um, if you don't know who that is, uh, start by contacting the clinical director for the community dental service, uh, your local service, and they'll put you in touch with the Gwen Ambeth lead because uh, that personal conversation that you might have with them can also start you on your journey. And, and the fact that it's obviously linked to the CDS, that shouldn't put people off who are interested in this kind of programme no, from indeed. the GDS? Indeed, if you're in the GDS, you can still, you know, you can start that working across the services. I know from our health board in particular, we do welcome work experience and we've got a work experience department that would, you know, obviously people would have to go through the sort of uh, documentation, but we welcome anyone who would like to spend some time and, so and just shadow unpack us. that then, Carolyn, so that what that involves is, say, someone maybe from the GDS who might be interested in a programme like the Gwyn and Beth programme, then actually then uh, being sort of sh shadowing someone as yeah, part of that yeah, process. Yeah, exactly. And I think I probably would have benefited 
benefited from that when I was newly qualified or work, working as a dental nurse because most of what I found out I've really done my you know myself but to actually go out and shadow somebody would be a really you know beneficial thing to do. And I would say actually Caroline and, and Paul is that that is something that we were encouraging in an iron Bevan for example is that I know that we're already doing that with our local general dental practitioners and also uh, for example bringing DCPs into a, a dental therapist to learn how to do sedation for example yes. and also encouraging any dental nurse who wants to wants to learn about either Design to Smile or the, the Gwen Ambith program is that we've said that we would happy to be able to support them coming in and actually even supporting them with any any uh, materials that they may need to take that forward so that that, i guess there's a real challenge there to other health boards to to do something sort of similar Mm -hmm. from what you're saying then is an opportunity for for dcps working in in practice dental nurses or hygienists or whatever to actually get clinical skills as well from what you're saying almost certainly and also i know that um what some of the innovation funds for the for the contract reform was suggesting that dental uh, um, uh, dental therapists could come in and actually learn a little bit more about um uh more skills for for children for example actually pediatric dentistry and that means that doesn't mean to say that it can't be for older people as well yeah. and so therefore we would be welcoming that I think Vicky mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts about uh, the roland williams job shadowing and which obviously is a community based job shadowing program but we did have two um or health improvement practitioners coming down from another health board who were actually doing the program and it you know it was good to see that we were all working the same okay so um just finishing off then in terms of where uh, the future of the Gwynedd Beth program will take us so what i guess one element here is is continued sort of roll out um, but where would you see the future for the Gwyn and Beth pr- uh, programme? Um, well, perhaps I could pick that up from the Welsh Government perspective. Um, when we started the programme, uh, it, it was a little bit of sort of thinking, well, uh, we'll dip a toe in the water and see how it works, because we had very little evidence from uh, other programmes to work on. We had Caring for Smiles in Scotland, but that's a very different fr- programme from what we uh, we wanted to set up. So, uh, I think now we've learned so much from the delivery over the last four years and the feedback we've had from dental teams, care home staff, residents, their families and carers, that we're able to make a much more um, evidence-based decisions on where the programme will go. Um, I certainly would like to think it would continue and strengthen and we're certainly arguing for additional resources for it. Yeah and, and just backing on what, what what Lisa said um what we've currently had is some interest from um health boards across Wales about possibly developing a resource for domiciliary care providers because we know that before older people enter into a care home they will spend a number of their years you know living at home. Uh, So we do need to ensure that this is a whole different new workforce uh, that need to be supported and that would be very much clear engagement with general practitioner clusters and empowering and training them in order to look at what is actually needed for people who are living in their own home. Because that is a key area going forward in terms of the numbers from what my understanding um, is that obviously people in uh, going into residential care is increasing. But what we often do is overlook those actually who are at home rather than in a home. 
I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, from my perspective, I think from uh, the Gwen Ambith programme has highlighted to me that this programme could be rolled out, looking at the evidence. For example, I've got an oral health improvement practitioner who's a dental nurse, who's been actually identifying all the, all the looked after children care homes. And so therefore, we know that this there's all sorts of rolling out that could be done. And then part and parcel of that is actually, we've looked at the Gwen Ambith programme that said that we should be using dental care professionals professionals and we've actually encouraged our dental therapists to a to 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 um, uh, in, uh, to learn how to provide care for people with uh, that are in care homes older people gerodontology courses that they've been on so that they're able to take on board um, the actual care of these patients moving this away from the dentist that previously did this and they're actually taking this now on board so it's a huge amount that there's out there for for our for our dental care professionals yeah. to do yeah Lisa um, one of the things we've learned from our other national programme designed to smile and, and that's aimed at children and, and the very youngest age groups is that when we first set that up about 10 years ago, it was very much a community dental service led project programme. Uh, and one of the things we've done in refocusing that is to put a much greater emphasis on working across with colleagues in general dental practice and the teams there. Uh, and I think that's something we want to do with Gwen Ambeth as well it's like all of these things you have to start somewhere so you know we started in what felt like the right place it is the right place but now it's time to start thinking how can we broaden that out to better engage with dental practices as well but you've also as part of that process been able to effectively establish um, a pattern of, of working and I'm just thinking going forwards in terms of training um, having gone into care homes and understood what's what's required, and then the skill, the clinical skills that are necessary, etc., all of those are very, really, really valuable to then for rolling out um, more more broadly across care homes and equally across in integrating the sorts across the different sort of services. So that just about concludes um, our discussion on the Gwen and Beth uh, program. Um, so thank you for listening uh, to this podcast, and of course, again, thank you to my guests. If you're wanting to learn more about older person care then you may be interested in the other podcasts in this series on epidemiology, management and prevention, and in prevention in gerodontology. Thank you. If you're a DCP looking to develop your skills and career, be sure to check out other MOOCs offered by the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals. Just go to our website, www.awfdcp.ac.uk.